Welcome everybody to another episode of the Knicks Wall Podcast, a new season for the New York Knicks. We're going to get to everything that was going on in the uh, season opener, you know, real quickly. But first, we want to uh, let you all know that we are on, we are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast family. Uh, Go check out all the other pods on that network. Check out our sponsors, uh, Axios Sports uh indochino all those guys will tell you more about them later head to the nickswall.com uh we just had the season preview roundtable go out today featuring pieces from the literally the entire staff of the nickswall got in there so uh you know find out where we're out collectively and individually just head over to the nickswall.com uh subscribe to us on itunes subscribe to us on youtube subscribe to us everywhere you know it doesn't matter just 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 keep doing that keep plugging away uh you know thanks everyone out there for listening and yeah so the uh really weird 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 game to get things started for the season but the knicks did ultimately end up falling to the spurs 120 to 111 uh debut for the new the new uniforms uh before we even get into anything before we get into anything here what's your take on the uniforms they're fine these and these are the new uh icon editions i believe or yeah is that statement statement it's a statement the statement statement. okay um they're fine i I, yeah they're fine our jerseys are just so boring yeah, you're you're on the boring bandwagon. Yeah, I just don't that like I don't I don't hate our jerseys. I don't hate our uniforms by any means. I, I do yeah. think they're in the upper echelon of the the league wide uniforms. Uh, I, objectively speaking, I think. Yeah, I, I I would say the standard whites and blues are pretty. Uh, you know, they've reached some sort of icon level at least. I, I would say, especially since the the newest redesign, uh, they've stepped up there. But yeah, I am a I'm a fan of these only because I re- I like the white lettering and numbers. Like I've kind of been wanting to see if they could do something with that for a little bit now. The blue is like a little too electric. It kind of looks to me. I don't know. Maybe that's just like my TV or my eyes, but um yeah they're they're fine they're uh i think the i was getting pretty tired of the old statement jersey that had been around for the last two years so this is a good path in like a a different direction uh we're still hoping that they end up going for the late 90s jersey that they teased out over the summer too uh yeah once they break out that city edition so uh yeah uh but anyway enough about the enough about the jerseys let's talk about the game here um where where should we start do we want to start with do we just want to start with rj barrett do we want to start with the starting lineup maybe that's a good place to go because david fisdale uh you know gave us just weeks of nothing when it came to the starting lineup or you know ever since preseason ended he said he hadn't decided on a starter 
we had no idea what was going to go on with the the three-headed race at point guard and ultimately none of them ended up winning out because rj barrett was our starting point guard uh tonight along with alonzo trier at the two we had marcus morris julius randall bobby portis with mitchell robinson out um and that lineup did not look like it gelled. Like RJ just looked overwhelmed at the overwhelmed at the point. He was, you know, throwing passes that were, you know, either getting tipped or intercepted. And uh it, it just I, I don't know. You finally get this prize player, you get this, you know, pretty prototypical two guard, two three tweener who's gonna be like, you know, can get to the rim, is gonna be a scoring machine and and you know, he's got some playmaking chops, sure, but you're going to put all of that on him in his first NBA game against the Spurs, who are basically just the model for we're going to shred young developing teams up and give them, you know, a run for their money, no matter how different our roster looks. I just, I, you, I, I, I don't know. Where, where do you stand on that? I was baffled by the starting lineup. Um, I didn't like it. I was intrigued a bit by having RJ play point, but I didn't like it being with, um, with Trier. I, I do like, there's things that Trier does well, like catch and shoot, like his numbers last year. I think he shot like 44% on catch and shoot threes. Like he's very good at it. It's just his game. Isn't that like he can do it. It's just not a thing he does often enough, you know? Um, and that's fine. I just don't think playing him with RJ made a ton of sense, and it didn't. It didn't make a ton of sense, as we saw. Um, you know, I thought if you're going to play RJ at point, then put like Dotson next to him or Wayne Ellington next to him. Um, I thought that made it a, a little bit more sense, but the the Trier thing was a little bit odd to me. You know, Porter starting whatever you can't do anything about that with Mitchell Robinson out. Because uh, the ankle injury, but um, you know, I didn't have a problem with Marcus Morris starting over Kevin Knox. Uh, I thought that was fine. I, they wanted, yeah, I expected that. Yeah, they they wanted more. I think they just want more talent and NBA experience in the starting lineup right now. So, um, and Marcus Morris is like a really good NBA player. Yeah, like a real. I don't mind that at NBA. all. Yeah, I, it's even if the fit's a little clunky with Randall, um, I think you can live with it. And I think I think Knox, even though I think Knox, even though he looked a little better in preseason, like he still has a ways to go until he shows that he is, you know, a starter, let alone, you know, an NBA player, let alone a starter. So, uh, you know, I, I don't mind the I Morris coming in and, and playing that kind of a role like he's going he's going to be, uh, you know, the second or third leading scorer on this team. So. Yeah, and I mean, he looks really good tonight for what it's worth. Um, he, was, he did, but his temper, man, and it's just—I I shouldn't say his temper, just like his over aggressiveness sometimes, and like his foul, uh, like yeah, like he picked up five fouls and a technical in this game. I mean, it's—I, I, you know, the first preseason ejection I thought was kind of meaningless, but it's just—I don't know. It, it, I, I thought he did play a really, really good game as well, but you know, on both sides of the court, you just got to watch out for that. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, his his full stat line was twenty six points, f- uh, four rebounds, one assist, three steals. You know, fifty percent shooting from uh, from the field, uh, nine of eighteen, five of five from the free throw line, three of seven from three. I mean, it was it was a really good game. 
it was. Um, so that was pretty good. That was exciting to see one of the new guys just step up immediately. The other guy is uh, Julius Randle. Yep, he had a game. He had a game. He, uh, he what did he have? Twenty five points. He had eleven rebounds to go with that. Six assists. Uh, three steals. Like yep, he had a well rounded game. I, uh, you know, he he looked like he was very. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say dominant on on offense. He just looked like super capable. Like he was able to handle whatever they were throwing at him. He was like very very good at the post. He was you know getting off those like kind of turns in the post and the one legged jumpers down there. You know, even like you know he, he looked okay on the. Uh, I think he had two three point attempts. If I'm not wrong, four. Oh, no, he had more than that. He had four. Yeah. Uh, oh, he hit one. Okay, but. Um, yeah, he looked okay from from three. Uh, his kind of like mid range two looked pretty strong. Um, yeah, I, that uh, you know I don't know what happened to him at the end there. You know if he tweaked something in his hamstring, if he has to get that looked at again. But um, yeah, I mean like for the two biggest additions of the summer, I'd say that they performed up to what I was expecting. Yeah, I really like what I saw from Randall, especially in the third. Uh, just. A lot of transition buckets. Um, when we when they were playing well, they got back into that game. They were just running off of turnovers, running off of misses. Um, you know, they had entering the fourth quarter, they had scored thirty two points off of turnovers. I think twenty one San Antonio turn, turnovers at that time. So they were playing exactly the kind of how we discussed they had to play. They're a transition team. They need to do that. They need to capitalize on those mistakes, on those misses, for them to stay in games. It's not like mm-hmm. a, it's not it's not a bad thing. It's just that those are good buckets, easy buckets. Those are efficient. So we saw that RJ was out on the break a lot tonight. Uh, you know, even Frank was pushing the pace when he finally got in. Um, yeah, I, even Wayne Ellington was pulling up in transition. You know, these Randall was getting off on the break. It was just. It was that was good basketball to watch from them. Yeah, you know? I thought that there were moments of like really there were flashes of like some actual some brilliance on like how to get the ball up and down the court, how to you know keep running together. Like I I thought that there were like we saw quite a few steals and you know Peyton had a lot of them and there there's different things about what he did tonight we can talk about too, but um you know I just thought it it, it was just like we didn't see too much communication on where guys were. It was more ill-timed passes that would lead to turnovers and that, and those turnovers were kind of what, what took the wind out of the Knicks sails and, and, you know, delayed the game on them a little bit and kind of ultimately led it to it getting away from them. But, you know, when they did, when they were able to read a play, right, they had some good defensive reads, you know, in the second and third quarters. And, when they were able to read the play right, come up with the steal, like the ball immediately went up the court. It was in the, it was already up court and somebody, and it was usually Julius Randall was ahead of the play, ready, you know, dribbling out, uh, yeah. catching the ball, dribbling out in front of the, the chasing defenders and, you know, putting it down. I, I w- with Randall, you know, the thing that I kind of caught my eye the most about him was, you know, breaking out on transition, really being able to like kind of access an extra little burst of speed to put him ahead of defenders in transition. That, that was really impressive. And the ball handling, you know, just bringing the ball up the court and, you know, he, uh, I, I think it might've been the end of the third quarter 
where he kind of just had the ball at the at the you know with the last shot of the quarter and brought it up court, had it at the point, and just kind of dribbled it until he was able to take it inside and lay it up. Like that, having your power forward be able to do that is a luxury. I don't think the Knicks have had in a little bit. Yeah, it was an absolute ton of fun to watch. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So um, I, I hope we get to see that every game. That was, I don't know, that was just kind of what we hoped to see from Julius. So it was nice that it happened game one. Uh, had a little bit of a scare there when he went down with the knee looking thing. Uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still waiting to hear a little bit more about that. I, 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 w- I could see that being something that gets looked at and he might miss a week or so, you know, it, it I don't think they're going they're really rushing anything this season, especially not early on right now. For sure. It looked like it might be minor. Uh he was moving around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh he, he, he came back in the game. Yeah, I mean, so he he looked he looked all right, but obviously they're going to monitor uh monitor it it looks like. So um RJ looked great though, man. RJ looked yeah, it's taken us a little bit of time to get here, but uh, RJ Barrett did look very good tonight. I, I, other than the you know the experimenting with him at point you know at the beginning of the game and a little bit towards the end, like I thought when he was playing in position, he was able to do a lot of you know a lot of things to the Spurs defenders and you know re- really just offensively he looked pretty sharp out there. I, I was I was happy. I was pretty happy with him, and I, I don't really miss him not having a jump shot yet. Eventually, he's going to need to get that. But, you know, right now, just him kind of like bringing it in, like, you know, doing a little bit of playmaking. It's he, you know, and his his defense, too. I mean, he's for a rookie. He's looking like pretty, pretty sharp out there. Like, I'm not going to say lockdown, but he is. He's able to stay in front of guys, at least, and able to to alter some shots. So. I, I'm I nothing less than impressed in his first game. Yeah, he looked every bit the part. Um, it really looked like one thing we discussed this summer kind of came to fruition. You know, uh, I know we had discussed a lot if part of his struggles getting by his defenders in college were due to the lack of spacing and the congested Duke offense. And, you know, in summer league and preseason aside from like the first uh summer league game he's kind of had no problem getting to the rim whenever he wants he's just kind of strong and takes good strides kind of figures out how to get to wherever he wants to get to so uh tonight he was getting into the paint literally whenever he wanted to so it looked like the spacing uh just of the nba of a, a an nba floor and nba offense seems to have helped him a little bit, at least after, you know, the, the, the small sample we've seen here. Totally. And I mean, like he, he put up numbers. He had 21 points. He, and he did it like we're saying efficiently at the rim, like nine of 13 shooting. He, he went one for three from three with, which, you know, not bad. Like I, I, I want him to be taking three pointers right. every game right. to at least get that skill up. Like, I don't really care how many he makes right now. And one for three is not, yeah, one for three is not what I'm going to be complaining about with him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, offensively, I really have was thoroughly impressed. Let's just see if he can, you know, continue to carry it over. Um, see, who else can, should we let's let's talk about uh, Alfred Payton a little bit. So 
the Knicks obviously start RJ Barrett at point guard tonight. And it, I, all right, well, right before we get into to Peyton, did you like, did you see any, any signs of life or progress in that experiment of, of starting RJ at the point and making him handle that? Or do the Knicks really need to figure out this three headed uh, point guard race? They got to figure out the point guard thing. Um, that's what it comes down to. I think RJ, I think he could do it in stretches. That's something maybe you stagger your lineups with. I think that's fine. Um, I, I don't think it's something you should be doing the bulk of your minutes with. You know, at least until we see what kind of a facilita- uh, facilitator he is on a night-to-night basis uh, for at least a couple of weeks. But that's kind of my take on it. I'd rather they just figure the point guard thing out because Dennis yeah. has stunk to this point. Um, Frank. No, and so is Frank. Frank, I mean, Frank, I mean he, Frank had a, had a strong summer. He had a, he had a pretty good preseason, but you know, there wasn't a ton of scoring. It was just more, uh, you know, playing very good defense again, which we yeah. didn't see consistently last season before the injury. No, it's true. And um, he, he was played he was three very bad game. minutes tonight. Yeah, and yeah, he, he did not play too, too well. And uh, his his box score tonight was uh, three minutes, one steal, uh, 0 for 1 field goal, and uh, yeah, minus six. Oh, two turnovers, minus six. And those two turnovers is kind of what's getting me right there because he, those two turnovers are really kind of the catalyst for that Spurs run that saw them go 18 and no at the end, towards the end of the game. And, you know, led to the Knicks losing, but they were kind of building into a pretty decent lead, you know, at the beginning of the first quarter, the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, uh, that was really a lot of that had to do with when Alfred Payton came in, I, it really did seem like there was a pretty noticeable shift in you know how quickly the Knicks were playing and getting the ball up the court and you know he had five steals tonight he had eight assists you know it, like and eleven points like he he had a lot of triple doubles uh, last season and you know some of them were just kind of glamour stats and everything like that but you know overall I'm I thought that tonight he kind of made a pretty big difference in at least kind of changing up the pace getting the Knicks out of a funk, getting in the right position to pick off passes. And um, yeah, like to me, when you're considering that point guard race right now, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I want Dennis Smith and, and Frank Nielakina to succeed. Like both of them for multiple reasons, I want them to, you know, at least become valuable NBA players. But uh, I, I right now, I mean, if you want this starting lineup to look like it has any kind of consistency, I feel like you got to start Alfred Payton. Yeah, uh, it it really does pay me to say it, but I agree. Uh, he he played really well tonight. You got to give it to him. Um, I've I've been against him starting. I still think I'd prefer to see um, Dennis kind of start and shake the rust off, but I don't looked like Markel Fultz did last year. Yeah. I I mean, he looked really, really bad tonight. I I simply will not deny it. Uh, It, it stunk. I I stand for him. Uh, I will continue to do so, but he was just 
Really? I mean, it, it was 10 It's been it was... a minute since we've seen anything out of him. You know, like, that's what's scary about it. Like, he definitely popped when he first got traded here, and it, it's kind of been radio silence since then. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm hoping he, he wakes up. Um, Alfred played uh, just a, a very good all-around game, a very good floor game. So he's just fast. Like, he, he's just got a – he's – good at controlling pace and i don't think that any other knicks uh currently in that starting lineup have that same ability you know like or really anyone else on the roster for that matter like he's he's just pretty good at controlling the game and controlling how the team is going to play and the other guys are just kind of like very you know all talented we have a lot of talented players on the roster but you know you kind of need something to start setting them in motion you know yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the offense was just moving better today when, um, you know, Alfred was out there. He's playing well defensively, too. Five steals. Um, wasn't really getting blown by or anything. Um, you know, the, the Spurs got hot. There was a couple defensive lapses there, but, um, you know, they're also the Spurs. They're a much more talented team. Things happen. Uh, they generally responded every time the Spurs did with a run, you know, until it just got a little bit too much at the end. So, uh, I don't know. Did I, I, I didn't hate it. I, I'm pretty, yeah. uh, I wouldn't say impressed, but I, I'm, I'm okay with what transpired tonight. I, I, I'm okay, but I'm also like, like, I thought there were, I, I just thought it was really up and down. And I thought the Knicks didn't have a lot of control. You know, we talk about really Alfred Payton being the only one who had control, but he, you know, he wasn't exceptional in at points in the game either. I mean, he did have five, or he had five fouls to go with that. He didn't have any uh, turnovers, which is kind of surprising. But um, you know, the the game was definitely a little bit wily, and you know, with all the fouls that were getting, uh, you know, that they were taking on with all the you know the the turnovers and the. The ways, I mean, the Spurs are a very organized team that when you give them opportunities, they're going to pounce on it. But, you know, I don't know where Brooklyn's going to stand or, or you know, uh, the Celtics on Saturday or Chicago after that. Like, there will be some opportunities to, you know, kind of do that same thing and capitalize on on inconsistencies. But, you know, if the Knicks are still showing the... The Knicks are still showing that, that they have holes in controlling the game and they have you know just lapses of judgment and and you know they do you know the some of the areas of i guess pride that they could take away from this game don't carry over like you know those are those are playoff teams who are going to who are going to try to pounce on those opportunities so i i am i suppose optimistic right now that there's at least things that we can work on or the team can work on moving forward, but I would be lying if I didn't say that I am like pretty certain that they're going to have just like an irredeemable blowout in the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's still, yeah. look, we know it's not a very good team. Um, it, it's possible. I, Ky, Kyrie scored 50 tonight. For the Nets, he had like 50, uh, 50, yeah, I eight, saw that. 58 and seven. I mean, so, so things might go bad given the point guard situation. 
you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, the Celtics have Kemba, which again, point guard situation, mm-hmm. not great. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Nick's got to put, yeah, put up or shut up at this point. You know, they talked a lot about... Jante Murray is a good point guard, but he is, like, easing them into the season right now. Like, they're going right. to get torched by these other guys if they don't know what they're doing right. over there. Right. I Listen, you know, Dennis last year took some strides with his passing, with his defense. Um, you know, he's he's got the potential. Everybody knows that. We've seen the flashes. They've been big flashes. Like... He's just got to put together a consistent effort. He's got to do it every night. Um, you know, like we, we know that the talent, it, it's there. We know the kind of point guard he could be, the guard in general that he could be. Like, you know, you got to show it every night. Like, you just can't. This is year three. You know, it's time to put up or shut up. So uh, I I have a lot of faith in him, but he's got he's to gotta show it, you know? Yep. Yep. All right, Kyle, we are going to hit on a couple of more guys from tonight's game. We'll go a little bit more in depth about the uh, you know, the other games that Knicks have coming up on the schedule before we'll talk to you all again. But first, I want to tell you guys about a couple of our sponsors. Uh, following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming and trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. It is impossible. It, it just is. Scrolling through every app, visiting every website on a daily basis, that is also impossible, and that's why I subscribe to Axios Sports. It's the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket, ping pong, and everywhere, everything in between. Um... I can't think of obscure sports off the top of my head right now, but like, believe me, it's there. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. And again, it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, There's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free 99 at sports.axios.com. And before we get back into it, I also want to tell you about our friends over at Indochino. Uh, Indochino... It was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Everybody has those moments when you, uh, you know, you start buying a couple of suits and uh, you got to get them for a job or an interview. Or I think it's just kind of good to have a couple of uh, suits laying around. You never know when you need them. And uh, but that, you know, they add up. It ain't cheap. And if you uh, you're going to drop some money, you want to make sure that they that your suits fit well. And too many times you get them off the rack and they just kind of end up looking like either garbage bags or uh, just spandex suits. So uh, Indochino wants to change that. They are the world's largest made to measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their clothing is under 400 U.S. dollars. 
And the process is simple. You just choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks, and you can get measured and design your own suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or you can do it all online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's right. Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. All right, Kyle. Uh, before we dive more into uh, some of the games on the upcoming schedule, I just kind of wanted to see if you wanted to quick hit on a couple of the other guys from the game. Uh, you can keep it brief, just kind of lightning around through a couple of these guys here. Uh, start with Kevin Knox. I thought his shot looked really good. I thought, uh, you know, he scored 13 points, which was a hard benchmark for him to really get above 10 at points last season. Uh, 13 points to go with five rebounds. Uh, good shot. Horrible defense throughout the game, though. He was trying to, uh, uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan didn't have a great game until the fourth quarter and then just exposed Kevin Knox's lack of being able to stay in front of him and was able to get a couple of key buckets for them at the end there. Ke- Kevin Knox just, he just still looks pretty overwhelmed when competing against NBA defenders on, on the uh, defensive end of the floor. Strong agree. Um, I liked what I saw from him offensively. It was efficient. It was good. I agree um, with that entirely. Yeah, so for, for me, that was a plus just because that's the biggest thing for him, you know, that he can control is being efficient uh, and not forcing the issue and also his effort on the boards, which tonight was pretty good considering he came off the bench, five rebounds off the bench. So... I like this performance as a whole. Um, I don't expect much from him defensively, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, not to discount him for the lack of it, but um, if he's going to rebound consistently and score efficiently, I'll take what I can get in year two. But uh, yeah, he's got to work on the defense. He's, we know he added a little bit of size. Uh, you know, I think he, he gained three pounds on media day. That's what he was saying. So, um, he's, he's got the size for it. He's got the length for it. He's got a good body. You know, he's, he's gotta be able to do it. So he needs to just continue to progress in that aspect. Cause he's not even close to being there yet, but at least offensively tonight, he looked good. Uh, Trier did nothing tonight. He nothing. was, he played seven minutes and literally had zero, uh, stats to count for it. Uh, over three field goal, over one from three, um, and a turnover. Um, just uh, you know, not that he got a super long leash. I mean, Neil Canis was shorter, but you know, Trier started the game and uh, didn't see much action beyond that. Um, yeah, just kind of a unimpressive start to the season for him. It looks like some of his inconsistency woes from last year may. Uh, carry over a little bit. Uh, one thing that's actually kind of been a little surprising to me is how uh, inefficient Wayne Ellington has been so far this uh, in the preseason and you know tonight. 
just uh just hasn't been a reliable shooter and that's kind of the only reason why you sign him yeah it is literally his one job that he has to do like it's not like he's a three and d guy like he is strictly three and it's just kind of frustrating when you know obviously barrett is going to be the priority at the two moving forward um you know the two and the three and of course you got morris and you got knox and you know in that same mix there too but uh we didn't see any damian dotson tonight that was surprising to me well i mean this is kind of what we were talking about with you know someone's going to be the odd man out and true i thought dotson played really well last year given the circumstances um I was hoping he would get time this year, but you know, they did sign Wayne Ellington and it seems like they value the shooting more than some of the, uh, you know, younger, well, you know, I mean, Dawson's technically a little older, but from that younger rebuilding group from last year, you know? Yeah. He's still like, it's still only his what third year now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe it's his third year. Yeah. So and I mean, like, he, yeah, he's still got, you know, I mean, he is a little bit older, but he's still like, you know, we. I thought that he took big leaps last season into growing into a like, you know, formidable role player in the NBA, um, and I, I'm just a little bit surprised uh, that he's not or hasn't. You know, it's only game one, but wasn't granted the opportunity to try to, uh, you know, attempt to showcase that a little bit more tonight. What, um, yeah, we're just, we're not, we're never going to see, uh, we're never going to see Iggy. I'm realizing. Yeah. I have a feeling he's going to be kind of buried, uh, Nick's also signed uh Ivan Rab today to a uh two A deal. Nah. He's uh gonna be, you know, probably spending a lot of time in Westchester, but um, you know, seems like a decent pickup. We'll see if he ever ends up, you know, playing a couple of games up here. Uh you know, I don't I don't think we're gonna be seeing much of Kadeem Allen anymore, um, who still is floating around this team somewhere. Um Yeah, just uh you know, it's there's gonna there's not enough minutes to go around. Everybody knows this, and there's gonna be you know odd guys out, and we're not always gonna agree with who is the odd guy out. But like, you know, we kind of gotta we're just gonna have to live with it. Uh, you know, kind of I can't wait for Mitchell Robinson to get back and get Bobby Portis out of that starting lineup where he just looks like such a liability. I mean, Taj Gibson doesn't look like he's got a ton left in the tank honestly i haven't been a fan of him through the preseason uh and tonight it's just uh yeah we kind of know i think it's going to be a top heavy team i mean really when it comes down to it i think we're going to be putting a lot of the uh load on you know marcus morris julius randall and rj barrett and you know it's going to be kind of like whoever else can pitch in for the rest of the game whoever else can help set the pace and the you know especially defensively and and you know with the you know, just kind of driving plays like those are going to be the biggest thing to go with those guys. So, um, you know, if they can, if somebody can kind of step up as like a consistent shooter or a, uh, you know, just kind of like a, a, a quality defensive player who can, you know, be a consistent for the fourth and like the fifth spots in the starting lineup there would be 
uh, it, you know, it would be excellent. But right now, it, to me, it just seems like those, it, we're going to kind of live and die by those three guys. Pretty much, yeah. Um, all right, so enough about this game. We have a couple more coming up on the schedule. We got Knicks and Nets on Friday. We kind of talked about uh, Kyrie already and kind of like what we expect out of that. Uh, that's going to be at Barclays Center. We have the Knicks home opener on Saturday um, against the Celtics. And then Monday, uh, they got a game against the Bulls. Are you uh, looking at any particular like one-on-one matchups in those games? Any... Uh, you know, any any kind of guys that are going to be going up against some Knicks players that you you're interested in seeing how they compete against each other? Um, well, I'm I'm interested to see if this RJ at point guard experiment continues. Because, mm, that's true. Yeah, because if it does, then I'm interested to see how he does against uh, those two All Star point guards he has to deal with. Um, and if not. And he goes with Alfred. We know RJ is going to start regardless. Um, then how is he going to do against like Zach Levine, who's a twenty-five point per game type guy, twenty to twenty-five mm-hmm. a night? Um, and he was pretty damn good last year, so he's a handful. And the Bulls aren't a, a shitty young team; they're a good, competitive uh, young team on the rise. Uh, we're I put them somewhere in between, honestly. I'm not super high on the Bulls right now. But. I'm not super high on them either, but they're, there's a lot of young talent there too. So it's been for me, they have like the one bona fide guy. You know, hopefully Julius Randle becomes that for us this year. But, you know, Levine's like a, a clear, could be a, a top guy, right. I think, in the league. Yeah. You know, so, well, top score anyway, but, um, yeah, well, I, he's like an ideal like two or three, you know, second or third best guy on like a, a highly competitive team. But on a team like the Bulls, like I think he he does just fine as your first option. Yeah, so I, I'd be interested to see how RJ deals with that. So either way, like that's kind of what I'm looking at now because I think he's he's been pretty solid through the preseason. I thought he was all right tonight. Um, he, I thought he was pretty damn good in the first half, but um. You know, All right, well, hopefully that continues. Why don't let, let's kind of put a bow on it here? Because this is what I've been kind of grappling with all day, and I want to know where you stand on it. Uh, just tell me where you are on Fizdale right now. Um, I'm seeing a lot of backlash after the preseason, and I think his indecisive his indecisiveness when it came to the point guard thing and what eventually ended up happening there has kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Honestly, I'm feeling kind of uh I'm probably feeling lower on Fizdale now than I have at any point uh of him being our coach. Um I just I I just the get it looks to me like the game plan has kind of escaped him a little bit and he's like trying to make too much happen on the fly already. It's a, it's the first game of the season, you know. Um and I mean he's got a lot to work with given the the or I mean, I should say, like he's got, yeah, he's got his hands full with the construction of this roster. It, it is, it is a heavy task to undertake. But I don't know what, where, what's your opinion on on where Fizdale's status is with the team, and how do you think he's running these rotations? 
So, uh, I, as we know, I, I desperately wanted Fizdale to be the coach during the coaching search that I, I was pretty disappointed last year with his performance. Um, I was pretty low on him coming into this year because of it. You know, you got to prove it now. And um, I really like what I saw tonight, to be honest with you. They were shooting a lot of threes early on. Um, they were trying to get out in transition, like I was mentioning before. So I that's what I expect from them. They're a transition team. They got to play to their strengths. They did. They executed. Um, my big issue tonight was just the starting lineup. That was my only issue with Fizdale tonight. I thought if Dennis was going to be, you know, if you knew he was going to play like shit, which he did because he didn't start him, I thought you should have just went with Alfred. You know, you already started him a couple games in the preseason. Um, I thought he played like shit in the preseason, but, you know, same thing as I said about Dennis. Like, you, you got to play them. You have got, you got to play them. You got to let some of them shake their rust off, you know. You can't just shield them from getting back into game shape. So, uh, yeah. you, you got to play some. You have a, you have these guards. Play them. So, I thought I think my biggest issue started out, big- you know. My biggest gripe is the communication skills that he kind of exhibits. You know, it's like he he does the tough love thing, you know, and it's really kind of part of his brand that, you know, he's going to make guys, you know, he he, he has to make make guys have to make him play them. You know, it's kind of his mantra that he goes with. And I just think that in going and doing that, he disregards the consequences that can come with those actions. Like, yeah, okay, it's fine. I don't think that really any of Pelton, Smith, or Neil Aquino earned a starting role in the in the preseason. I don't disagree with his line of thinking there. You know, it, it's you don't want to award a starting spot to the the you know least evil of the three, you know. But at the same time, then you move RJ Barrett into the point guard position. And now you're you're playing your you know, the you're arguably your best player both now and for the future uh, out of position in his first NBA game against the most concise, you know, the most, uh, how I don't even know how you would describe the spur, just the most consistent team in just about NBA history. You're, you're taking your point guard, you're putting him in a position that's unfamiliar to him and you're playing him against a model of consistency because you're trying to prove a point to your point guards that they're not playing well enough and they need to earn that starting spot. It's just, I understand the the rationale and his logic behind it, but he's just like, I just don't think he considers all angles, and that's kind of what frustrates me. And that's not the Knicks really need to be careful with how they you know design this rebuild because they just keep on piling on top of each other. It's just one rebuild after another. Yeah. But anyway. I don't know. I thought he was all right um, today. I hope, you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see over the next couple of games. I just want to see them continue to play fast. So it, it got up. better. It it got better. Really, I was, I'm just saying. My biggest gripe is the the you know the in between things and the the things he says to the media and the message he tries to get to get out to uh, to uh, you know players and everything like that. It, it's just. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm I'm just a little down. I think on his style more than anything. But I thought he, he did clean it up in the second half. To like give him credit, the next one on that good run, 
Um, he did try to do a lot of things in the second half of his rotation to kind of get the right guys out there. And he did try to give, you know, Neil Akina a chance, but he just kind of blew it. Um, yeah, I, I can't complain too much about, you know, things that happened in the second half, the, you know, the second quarter and the third, especially, but, um, yeah, I just kind of like have been in this state of like, what is going on with this guy for a week now? And it's kind of hard to shake. Um, all right, well, let's just wrap up on that. Um, guys, make sure you're uh, following us on Twitter at Corbo Anthony, at Kyle Maggio, at TKW Podcast, at the Knicks Wall. Um, you know, follow at Blue Wire Pods. Uh, check out thenickswall.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, you know, all, all any podcast, any podcast platform, whatever you're, uh, whatever you're vibing with, whatever you know, if it's YouTube, we love that too. Um, yeah, you know, we got a couple of games coming up. We got, you know, a couple of good benchmark matchups. We got, we got one of these Nets games out of the way early, so uh, I'm excited about the week to come. And then, you know, we get back. We'll talk to you guys again next week. We'll have we played the Magic again by that point too. Uh, yeah, it should be, you know, we got an exciting week coming up. We should learn a lot more about this team. So, uh, yeah, you know, till then, let's, let's, uh, let's make it happen.